No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see how two and a half tribes of Israel wanted to settle in the land on the east side of the Jordan River rather than crossing over with the rest of the people. Was this a good thing or a bad thing? We hope you'll join us now to find out as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 32 on Simply the Bible. Today we look at a remarkable story that also calls us to self-examination. It's about settling for less than God's best when he has so much more for us than we can ever imagine. We pick it up in Numbers 32. Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of livestock. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that indeed the region was a place for livestock. We'll stop there. The tribes of Reuben and Gad had prospered. With the spoil the Israelites took in their battle against the Midianites, their wealth had increased even more with sheep, cattle, and donkeys. But with increased numbers came more mouths to feed. As the children of Israel were on the east side of the Jordan River, preparing to cross over into the Promised Land, the tribes of Reuben and Gad looked around them and saw that the land was full of green pasture lands. They began to entertain the idea. Why cross over the Jordan River when we can settle here? Verse 2, The children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spoke to Moses, to Eleazar the priest, and to the leaders of the congregation, saying, Adarath, Dibon, Jazer, Nimrah, Heshbon, Eliela, Shebam, Nebah, and Beon. The country which the Lord defeated before the congregation of Israel is a land for livestock, and your servants have livestock. Therefore, they said, if we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants as a possession. Do not take us over the Jordan. Now, was this a good request or a bad request? It's not always easy to tell. This seemed like a good idea. It seemed like Good land, perfect for all their livestock. If they inhabited this land that Israel had already conquered, then there would be more land for the remaining tribes on the west side of the Jordan. However, there was one problem. Proverbs 14.12 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. You see, we can't trust our eyes. We can't trust our reasoning. We can't trust our feelings. We're all deceivable. There's only one thing we can trust, and that is the Word of God. The tribes of Reuben and Gad were letting their eyes guide them, and that's always dangerous. They saw nine cities, cities that would go to others if they did not possess them. But God did not tell Israel to possess the land on the east side of the Jordan River. He told them to possess the land of Canaan, which was on the west side. They were comfortable where they were at and wanted to settle in the land that was already conquered. They approached Moses with their request, but the way they asked was manipulative. If we have found favor with you, then give us this land as our possession. 
so that if Moses said no, then it would appear that they hadn't found favor with him. It would have been much better for them to simply say, what do you think, Moses? Is this a good idea or not? But people tend to manipulate when they want to get what they want. Verse 6, And Moses said to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war while you sit here? Now, why will you discourage the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord has given them? Thus your fathers did when I sent them away from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up to the valley of Eshcol and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel so that they did not go into the land which the Lord had given them. So the Lord's anger was aroused on that day, and he swore an oath, saying, Surely none of the men who came up from Egypt from twenty years old and above shall see the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. So the Lord's anger was aroused against Israel and he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was gone. From Moses' response, I think he focused on their last sentence. Do not take us over the Jordan. 40 years earlier, it was because 10 out of 12 spies didn't want to cross over the Jordan that the people's hearts were discouraged so that they turned away in unbelief. The result was that they spent the next 40 years in the wilderness. Now here they were once again ready to cross the Jordan River and Moses wasn't about to let this happen again. In Moses' opinion, they wanted to sit while everyone else fought. If Moses yielded to their request, then it would significantly reduce the size of their army. Moreover, it would discourage the hearts of the people. We may think that our part is insignificant and that others can get on just fine without us. But most of us have more influence over others than we realize. The problem was that 10 out of 12 spies had not wholeheartedly followed the Lord. They gave way to fear and unbelief rather than trusting in the Lord with all their hearts. Only Joshua and Caleb wholly followed the Lord. Now it seemed to Moses that Reuben and Gad were half-hearted. It was deja vu all over again. Verse 14, And look, you have risen in your father's place, a brood of sinful men, to increase still more the fierce anger of the Lord against Israel. For if you turn away from following him, he will once again leave them in the wilderness and you will destroy all these people. I would not want to hear these words from the lips of Moses. It was a stinging rebuke, but it came from a heart of love. At one point, Moses had interceded for the nation to the point that he was willing to have his own name blotted out of God's book if God would not forgive the sin of the people. Moses' rebuke now came from the heart of a father who could see the unavoidable disaster that would come upon the nation if they turned away from the Lord as their fathers had done. Recently, I haven't been able to get 2 Corinthians 5.11 
out of my head. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. You see, the impetus for sharing the gospel with those who don't know the Lord is knowing that without the gospel, they will soon perish and face judgment and hell. That is the terror of the Lord. And it cuts through our callous or apathetic hearts to the point that we get involved and shake things up. Listen, if your neighbor's house is burning down and you know that he is inside, you don't politely knock. You break the door down if need be to rescue him from the flames. That is the same intensity that I imagine Moses had at this point. His piercing words were not intended to condemn, but to save the very people he loved. Verse 16, Then they came near to him and said, We will build sheepfolds here for our livestock and cities for our little ones, but we ourselves will be armed, ready to go before the children of Israel until we have brought them to their place, and our little ones will dwell in the fortified cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our homes until every one of the children of Israel has received his inheritance, for we will not inherit with them on the other side of the Jordan and beyond, because our inheritance has fallen to us on this eastern side of the Jordan. This second proposal from the tribes of Reuben and Gad seems to be a counteroffer, because they didn't suggest this the first time. If Moses would give them the land east of the Jordan and let them build fences for their livestock and fortified cities for their women and children, then they would cross over with the rest of Israel and fight with them until they also received their inheritance. Now notice that they said their inheritance on the eastern side of the Jordan had fallen to them before Moses even granted their request. They were already married to the idea of living there and had no desire to move into the land that God had prepared for them. Next time, we will see that Moses allowed them to inherit the land on the eastern side of the Jordan based upon the terms that they offered. So was it a good thing or a bad thing? I think you know the answer. Anytime we think we know better than God what is best for us, then we are in a compromised position. Anytime that we are content to remain at a distance rather than pressing into God, we are half-hearted and double-minded. The scripture tells us that these things are examples to us. In the narrative, Egypt represents the world. Crossing the Red Sea represents our water baptism. The wilderness represents the frustration of having redeemed spirits in these unredeemed bodies and struggling with the old sinful nature. It's what Paul wrote about in Romans 7. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. That's the wilderness experience. But there comes the point where we are to cross over the Jordan, as it were, into the land of our inheritance. It's the place God has prepared for us. Yes, there are giants to face and battles to fight, but it's also true that wherever we put our foot, God will give it to us if we will walk by faith. This is our land of promise. It's our inheritance. We were destined to live there. It is the place where we die to our old life of sin, but walk in the newness of life in the Spirit. 
and it is a place of spiritual victory. But sadly, many believers are content to settle on the other side. They reach a place in their walk with God where they are content to stay put. They're at a plateau in their spirituality and have no desire to go further with the Lord. But our Christianity is such that if we're not growing, then we're backsliding. It's been compared to a person on a fireman's pole. Either you're fighting to move upward or else you're slipping downward. It is impossible to remain in the same place. The lesson of this passage is that we must beware of the tendency to settle where we're comfortable rather than to press forward to lay hold of that for which God has laid hold of us. May God help us not to settle for second best when he has so much more for us. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll conclude this message on the two and a half tribes of Israel who wanted to settle in the land on the east side of the Jordan River and its application for us. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.